Silver, Smith comes out to the neutral zone. Deals right. Marchessault fires. He scores! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Smith to Marchessault. 4-2 Golden Knights. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Wallace out on the homestead, Millard out at the estate. Chapman inside the Finley Chevrolet, Fox Sports, Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... I don't know whether there's a full moon out there right now or what kind of uh, paranormal issues we're dealing with. (laughs) <laughs> in the world at this stage, but the last 24 hours has uh, served up uh, like two weeks worth of storylines, and we're going to get <laughs> to it. Uh, the the Golden Knights and and banishing uh, all those demons uh, minus 26 seconds that brought all the demons back into the room uh, last night at XL Energy Center, and then the uh, the Tom Wilson fiasco. Or controversy, whichever side you're on that. And uh, if it's a capital side, you're a, it's a controversy. On the Rangers uh, front, it's a fiasco. Uh, and then you have uh, today uh, the New York Rangers putting out a statement which is unprecedented in my lifetime yeah. covering in the National Hockey League and uh, calling out uh, George Peros and the player safety department and, and basically saying that George Peros should be removed. Uh, I've never seen that type of thing. So we're going to get into all of this. And 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 to be quite honest, I thought the weirdest thing today would be that Rob Gronkowski was playing goal for the Tampa Bay Lightning. I honestly thought that would be the <laughs> oddest part uh, of the day. And now it's about fifth in, in, in the order. Uh, if, if you nah. would have told me yesterday at this exact time that I mm-hmm. would have video of Rob Gronkowski playing goal for the Tampa Bay Lightning, I would have said, well, that's your that's your lead. That's good. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. And we may not get to it until one-timers. Well, we just it. got to it right now. Well, we we may not dive totally into it. So, well, you, you put the tease out there. And, it, I mean, yeah, you're right. Like, on any other day in the NHL this season, Rob Gronkowski playing goal for Tampa would be right there, right there at the top. And can I just mm, say? Not so much today. Can I just ask one question? Like, yeah. Is that even allowed in in the COVID era that that a player comes in <laughs> and and serves as your as your practice school? Like as as much as 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 we are protecting the players right. and the teams and the environment and the the bubble, uh, mm-hmm. we got Gronk who's in his off yep. season and I'm I'm sure he's tested or or is vaccinated or whatever, but then just shows up and starts playing hockey with the guys. Like they, like that that this is pre-COVID, <laughs> where, where where we get uh, celebrities stopping by and and practicing with the team, and it, it's kind of a good thing, but I'm like, and maybe it's wrong, Wallace, that that the first yeah. thing I think of is is that even allowed in the COVID era? That again, that guy. Well, I don't shows think up? it's wrong. No, it, I, I don't think that's great. wrong that that's where you go. Yeah, no, I don't think that's wrong at all that that's where you go. I mean, that's kind of what we've been conditioned to think right now, right? Like anything that is out of the ordinary, anything that's a little bit different than what we have come to expect over the course of the last 18 months is going to be questioned. 
Rob Gronkowski just stopping by to play goal for Tampa is strange in the COVID era. You're absolutely right. We we are protecting and and keeping these players separated and inside uh, such close quarters to prevent any type of disruption from the regular season and the Stanley Cup playoffs. And then Gronk just shows up and says, hey, how about some <laughs> one-timers, guys? What, what do you think? And and uh, I've got an evaluation of Gronk's game, and I think people are going to be surprised about it. But, uh, but that's all coming up. Uh, Rob Gronkowski uh, playing goal for the Tampa Bay Lightning. The New York Rangers asking the head of the player safety department to be fired. Uh, we'll read you the entire statement. And, uh, oh, uh, can I also just uh, throw in a little tidbit here? Uh, yeah. it, it looks like Dan Duva may have written the the uh, New York Rangers statement. because Oh, really? Oh, yeah. There's We have numerous multisyllabic words in there. Dan Duva <laughs> is a wordsmith. He can bring it when it comes to the thesaurus and and. and uh, writing things off the top of his head and saying things off the top of his head. He's a broadcaster, but th- but he's also mm-hmm. like a broadcaster with uh, with knowledge of, of the language. Yeah. Uh, that statement by the New York Rangers, that took some time to craft. Uh, and I've never – I uh, today would be one of those days where you go, uh, wouldn't it be cool to be a fly in the wall inside the league office when the New York Rangers <laughs> put out that statement? I don't think I'd want to be in that, that office right now. Not a chance. Oh, come on. Because, I would. Because it would be, it, I, I think it would be just a little bit hot, uh, the New York Rangers calling out uh, a member of the National Hockey League's uh, player safety department. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Like, I I would like to be a fly on the wall, but, like, not a fly within reach of, right. any, of the, any of the people there. Like, I'd want to be way up at the top of the ceiling. Close enough to be able to hear, but close enough to not be um, fl- uh, swatted because you're right. It, it's got to be an interesting and, and very heated place right now for the NHL in, in their response and what it may be to the New York Rangers and, and their statement about Tom Wilson. Uh, PJ Stock's going to join us. Uh, he of uh, uh, just a couple of uh, penalty minutes. Uh, will join us to talk about the Tom Wilson situation and the fallout and uh, now the subsequent addition to the storyline with the New York Rangers statement. But uh, a lot of our focus in this first hour will be on the Vegas Golden Knights and what happened in uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul, more particular St. Paul last night. And here's Dan Duva, radio voice of the uh, Vegas Golden Knights on Fox Sports Las Vegas and the VGK Radio Network, who joins Darren Millard, Ryan Wallace, and Chris Chapman. Uh, Duva, um, have you... Uh, digested what took place last night between the early goal against and uh, Robin Leonard having a stick upside down to the four straight goals and having a lead to the subsequent uh, loss in the final couple of minutes? You know, guys, I had never seen a goaltender with his stick in his hand upside down during play, and I don't know that I'd ever heard of that before until I had lunch with Tom Reed today, the former NHL player oh, I was and wild broadcaster. And he said that once upon a time he was in junior hockey and he got called for a penalty for you playing with a broken stick. The trouble was the referee who called the penalty didn't realize that he wasn't playing with a broken stick. He simply had it in his hands upside down. So the referee saw a stick with no blade on it when, in fact, Tom just had the stick upside down. <laughs> so uh, apparently it has happened before, but uh, it had not 
in an NHL game that I had seen, and uh, that was a tough way to start it for Robin Leonard. Obviously, it was the, the worst uh, statistical performance of his Golden Knights career. So where are you in evaluating last night? Because there's the five goals that the Golden Knights scored, which is awesome, and I can't help but think that it bridges uh, some of the gap towards gaining some confidence uh, in, against the Minnesota Wild and at XL Energy Center. And then there's the other side where you allow a half dozen and you let it go in 26 poor seconds. Oh, they've scored five goals or more in a game more frequently than any team in hockey this year, and they've had a top-five offense. They've also had the number one goals against average in hockey, and we have sort of been on a nightly basis pointing that out because both goaltenders have been amazing. And, and, and so this is – I'd be shocked if they give up six goals again anytime soon. I'd be absolutely shocked. But I would not be shocked if they put up another five spot themselves. Right? That's just the, the track record of this team. And unfortunate timing, and it happens against a team like Minnesota that has had multiple third-period comebacks of late. They did it against the Blues with an overtime loss, and they did it again against the Blues in an overtime win. And then the one against Vegas was just astounding. So uh, the timing was not great considering the history between Vegas and Minnesota, and the standings get even tighter now. And uh, Jonathan Marshall said earlier today it, it might be better off for them in the long run. You never want that game to happen the way it happened, but maybe it's one of those uh, reminders that they're not going to be perfect defensively night in and night out if they don't keep focus on it. Dan Duva joins us you on know, the VGK Radio Network on the VGK Insider Show, uh, Fox Sports, Las Vegas, Darren Millard, along with Ryan Wallace. You know, Dan, obviously you have some positives to take away just in terms of being able to score in Minnesota, but in terms of the matchup for Vegas against Minnesota, why have the Wild seemingly had the Golden Knights number, not just this year, but since their inception? Well, you know, I, I think there's probably different reasons at different points in time in the last few years. If it had been one goaltender, and it had been Devin Dubnik for a while with Minnesota, okay, well, um, you know, he's not in Minnesota any longer. Um, their top-flight players are no longer their top-flight players. I mean, Zach Parise is on the fourth line here. Um, you've got guys like Jordan Greenway and Joel Erickson. They were not the top-flight players a few years ago. Um, you've got a different coach, uh, you know. Uh, now the, there were fans in the building last night, and they were booing at the officials at times. Long story short, I, I'm not sure that there is a commonality through all of the success the Wild have had against Vegas here. Just a one shootout win from Eric Halla a couple years back. Uh, so, as much as we see the numbers, I'm not sure that there is a correlation throughout that history, other than the fact that we all talk about it and. Uh, it, you would think at some point that the numbers will average out, but you know you flip a quarter a hundred times, how much uh, often is it going to come up heads in a row before it eventually hits tails? It Maybe it's tomorrow. Something tells me that you have the answer to that. If you if you toss a coin a <laughs> uh, hundred times, how much times? How many times is going to come up tails? You'd think it would be 50-50, but if you uh, actually wait a quarter, depending on what year it was made and what state uh, you know, it came from, that could certainly impact things, Darren. You know that. Dandy uh, was with us, uh, radio voice of the Golden Knights on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Darren Millard along with Ryan Wallace. You know, Dan, you were in the building last night, so obviously this, this question comes at you with a little bit different nuance. 
Peyton Krebs makes his NHL debut. Obviously, the play that he makes to Alex Tuck is, is top-notch. What did you see, and, and granted, you're calling the action, so it's not as though you're only focused on Peyton Krebs, but what did you see from his game last night? Well, first thing I did, Ryan, was have the binoculars out for warm-ups, and I did watch Peyton Krebs the entire warm-up, basically. Uh, we had a sense of what the lineup was going to be for both teams, and um, there weren't any surprises. And so you always want to check to see with line rushes who's on, who's out, who's not playing, and you know, who's stubbed to toe, that kind of stuff. But uh, thankfully there were no big surprises with the warm-ups. We kind of knew who was playing going in. So I did watch Peyton, and he comes out without the helmet, of course, and somebody gave it back to him, I, I suppose, before the game. Uh, needed for the game, but not for a warm-up, and uh, took, took the hot lap. I noticed Robin Leonard came on uh, relatively quickly. Marc-Andre Fleury, if he were leading the team out, I think might have given Peyton another moment or so to take that full lap, but uh, I, 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 he just looked like he belonged. Um, and starting with the warm-up, right in through the game, and Jonathan so said this earlier today, he looks like he belongs in the NHL. He does not look out of place. And I think that there's the, that assist, which was very impressive, the play he makes, a little hesitation, puts the puck where he needs to, apparently onside, Tuck scores the goal. And that's perhaps the standout play of the night, but the body language, uh, the, the confidence, and just the little stuff that you do that he's done hundreds of times at the junior level, five times for Henderson and now once for the Golden Knights, not to mention how many practices. Those movements, the, the conviction, there's a steely confidence in Peyton Krebs that I don't think pervades every pro hockey player. Some guys have that something, and you, you have a hard time describing it until you see it in somebody. And I think Peyton had that. You know, we've seen it. You know, in, in uh, you know just how he conducts himself, and I think that you could feel that in in how he played last night in his first game. Uh, Dan Duva's with us from Minneapolis, St. Paul. Are you on the St. Paul side or the Minneapolis side? St. Paul. Nice uh, capital of uh, Minnesota. When you evaluated his game, was there a moment where you went, boy, he he really looks comfortable, or did you think that there it took a while for him to settle in? I, I No, I don't. I mean, I mean it maybe if I were watching it more closely, I, I might have seen something that, well, he really needs to settle in or he's got a lot of nerves. I didn't have that feeling. Um, you know, maybe if I were to, to pick it apart, I, I could find something that, that dictates that sentiment, Darren. But it, it just seemed to me like he had been with this team before. And then I did remember, oh, my gosh, he has been with this team before. He was in the bubble last summer, didn't play in any games. But, and we talked about this on the broadcast last night, as compared to Cody Glass, who was injured, therefore was not in the bubble, not with this group for two months, basically, uh, Peyton Krebs was there the whole time. And we learned after the fact that there was an occasion when he was very close to playing in a game, depending on the health injury status of some other players. He was very close. They were comfortable with what he was at that point to put him in his Stanley Cup playoff game in the bubble over the summer. And I would have to believe that that experience, whether it's the hockey side of it or just the human interaction with the guys in that room, I think that went a long way. Uh, in making him step right in, um, and yeah, a couple of good players with him, and Nick Juan, Alex Tuck, and all those guys are 25 years of age or younger. It's not like Krebs was out there with Pacioretty and 
you know, some of the older guys on the team. I think you, you're with a couple of younger guys that probably made him a little bit more comfortable too. Uh, but I, I really think that experience in the bubble went a long way. I like the play, and it didn't lead to uh, a great chance, but he came across the line and was going to his right and reversed the puck, uh, did a little shoulder check, and sent it back uh, across the ice to Matthias Janmark. It was a little bit behind Janmark, and, and that's why it didn't result in a great chance. But even to try that play, even to look and see that play, uh, have the poise to uh, and be comfortable going against a, a National Hockey League uh, defense, told me uh, a lot about where his confidence level is and all of that Darren uh, you're dead on and all with the players from Minnesota recognizing here's a 20 year old guy making his NHL debut he's not the biggest player out Mm -hmm. there and there are some bigger players Minnesota has and whether it was Greenway that's a couple of the collisions that come to mind where they tried to make things physically frustrating for Peyton Krebs um, with a few of the matchups. And we asked Alex Tuck about this during one of the intermissions. And Alex said, you know, Peyton's not going to shy away from that. If anything, it's going to fire him up. So I, I think that what you described and, and, and that aspect, aside from the playmaking, just getting a feel for how he fit and not being overwhelmed by it, and Peyton did reference, hey, you know, I've never had to be out there with 30-year-old guys trying to hit you. Uh, but I, I think that he handled it as, as well as you could have expected. And, and with more experience, he'll get even better. Dan Duva chatting with us from St. Paul, Minnesota, on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. So as, as we kind of look toward the game on Wednesday and kind of the question marks surrounding Max Pacioretty game-time decision, Peyton Krebs did come in, play a, a good game for the Golden Knights. Do you expect that Peyton Krebs is going to play on Wednesday? And what adjustments do you expect the Golden Knights to make against Minnesota? I think Marc-Andre Fleury will be the goaltender, uh, but that's no <laughs> surprise. The rotation has been, what is it, 18 or 19 now, consecutive games where they've alternated net minders. And uh, that, that's no surprise that would have been the case, even if Robin Leonard was fantastic last night, I, I believe. I think uh, based on as much of uh, what I, I know so far in terms of health and everything, it, it, I'm expecting to see the same lineup. Um, there's, um, it sounded like from what Pete DeBoer said today, Max Pacioretty is in the day-to-day category, not concerned about it lingering um, into the playoffs or anything like that. But we also heard the same sort of description about Tomas Nosek, um, but he is not – going to play either um and and those are a couple of important players um and they still managed to score five goals without them and i i would think that the uh, the fact that you've got contributions from the defensemen two more goals from defensemen they have uh i believe it's 32 now and that would lead the nhl so there's there's contributions coming from different places offensively even without those couple of guys so i, I would i would tend to think they're going to want to get more NHL experience for Peyton Krebs because it, it, it seems like if they need somebody into this lineup, um, they're, they're trying to figure out what they've got in Secura and Yurko and Brown is unavailable. But, you know, who are the other pieces that are there in the organization that could go into the lineup? And I think that based on the, the initial impression from Krebs, he, he can play here. Um, you know, it, is, is Cody Glass going to be back on the team at some point in the play? I mean, who knows, right? There are so many questions there, but I would say that they're going to give a, a look at Krebs here as long as they can to see if he can uh, continue this and be a, an option 
come the postseason. One more on the Krebs front, and then uh, we'll get into some other stuff, uh, including the Minnesota Wild and how important or crushing last night was and how you come back from that uh, tomorrow. Uh, it's important to note, Dan, that it's my understanding that it was a coach's decision to play Peyton Krebs knowing that you would have to skate uh, one forward short last night. Like It was a conscious decision to put this player in the lineup. Right, and, and and that goes back to, again, what they know what they have with Secura and with Yurko. And it's no disrespect to those two players, but the decisions are made by the coaches. They felt they, whether, you know, whether it was to win last night's game or simply to get an evaluation of Peyton Krebs, they made the determination they wanted to go that route. They wanted Krebs to be in there. And let's face it, Yurko and Secura are uh, not in the prospect Tier that Peyton Krebs is. Uh, that doesn't mean they're not um, valuable members of the organization, but are they going to make an impact in the way that Krebs could possibly make an impact here? He's 20 years old. Uh, he turned 20 in January, and uh, you know we've seen guys break into the NHL at age 18 and make an impact, so it's not unheard of that somebody at age 20 could step in and make an impact. And he's been a captain, too. So I, I think it's a good point you make, Darren, that there's something here... Again, Pete DeBoer knows Peyton Krebs from their experience in the bubble this summer, and I bet you there's uh, some of that coach's decision you point to is the result of Pete DeBoer seen Peyton Krebs. He knows his work ethic. He knows his personality and knows the skill and thinks, uh, you know, you can make that determination from a hockey standpoint. This is somebody I want in the lineup that makes our team better for the game here today, and we can evaluate him to see what the fit could be if we need him in the playoffs uh, if they can't get everybody else healthy. So last night, uh, how how disappointing was it? How uh, disheartening was it? Uh, where, where did you stand on being so close to vanquishing all the demons? <laughs> right. uh, yeah, I think I said excise the demons. Yes. Very similar approach. I like that as, one. As I like said. that one better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? It, it was odd because... Uh, I had said on the broadcast when it was 5-3, to three, well, the Golden Knights have allowed two goals in the third period in each of their last two games. That's not happened three games in a row. And I also pointed out in the last two games for Minnesota, they had third-period comebacks with a new combination of Kevin Fiala and Victor Rask uh, sparking some of it. What do you know? Fiala starts the comeback, and they get not one, not two, but three in the third period. And the Knights have been the best third-period team in hockey, along with the best defense in hockey. Their goal differential has been incredible in the third period. It's a lot better than most teams' overall differential. So it was such a surprise, but Robin Leonard has not given up six goals in a game since February of 2020. First time it's happened in the Golden Knights uniform, and as Robin said in the postgame show, uh, might as well get that one out of the way now rather than have it happen in the playoffs. And I was impressed that Leonard was the first Golden Knights player to uh, speak to the media after the game, um, that that has been his track record. He's not going to shy away from a poor performance. He's going to address it. And, uh, in fact, uh, Ryan and I were talking on the postgame show, and uh, right after you know Ryan and I were talking, we went right to Robin Leonard. And I think, I think that was great to hear what he had to say. And, uh, the, you know, everybody wants to turn the page and all that. Um, I, you don't sound the alarms. It's a tough night. It's a tough one to swallow. Pete DeBoer said that, the post-game beer just isn't as cold, doesn't taste as good. I would have to agree. 
<laughs> oh, good. Uh, I'm glad that you got out because we're gonna we're gonna finish off the uh, conversation with uh, with something along that line as we chat with Dan Duva on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. You know, Dan. Before we get to to that, where we where we finish it off with something fun, Darren likes to go down that route. I I asked you a couple of games ago what it's like for you to call these historic moments for Marc-Andre Fleury, and your answer was fantastic on the post-game show. I just wanted to bring you the opportunity to to talk about your ability and your uh, awareness of calling these historical moments for Marc-Andre Fleury. Well, I wish I could remember what I said on the post-game show a couple of days ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, you know, I, I, I have um, that sense on a regular basis that, um, you know, I love what I do. I know you guys love what you do as well. And when Marc-Andre Fleury, who's done this as well as anybody in hockey history, except for Patrick Waugh and Martin Brodeur, when he is as into it as he is, I think to myself, my gosh, I ought to never have a sad moment or a uh, an angry moment. I, I want to enjoy what we do and enjoy being around this sport uh, every day. Yeah, it doesn't mean that's, that it's all uh, roses. There, there are some challenging moments, like when the team gives up three goals in the third period, but um, you can't let that sour you. And I think that Marc-Andre Fleury's personality, I mean, if it can affect me, it can affect the players whom he plays with, not to mention an entire fan base. And I don't know how many bad days Marc-Andre Fleury has had in hockey. And when he has had one or two or three, and I'm sure it was a rough day when they told him in Pittsburgh that he was not going to be the guy, um, what did he do? He said, get me to Vegas. And, boy, what a, what a great thing has come out of that. And uh, I, I just uh, try to appreciate all the moments we get in watching Marc-Andre Fleury create hockey history. And like I said earlier, I got to have lunch with Tom Reed today and just to see some of the, the pictures of his playing days that hang in his restaurant here and hearing some stories, you know, little things like that. I just love that about hockey. And to think that in, in years from now, people will be talking about Marc-Andre Fleury and what he's done in Pittsburgh, what he's done in Vegas. And, hey, he's got plenty of time to, uh, to write more uh, in this book, there are chapters to come, and he is playing some of the best hockey we've seen him play, and it's just really special to, on a, a nightly basis, uh, get to see it and talk about it. Your comments are bang on uh, and go so well with the, what Roberto Luongo uh, told us the other night, uh, saying, if I could only pick one guy to pass me right now, it would be Marc-Andre Fleury. Like that, that, mm. that, is, that just says everything right uh, one of the nicest guys that i've had the pleasure of, of playing with and that's from a guy that's about to pass him uh for sole possession of third place and all-time wins list uh, so uh, good on on you and uh, well put and uh, and roberto longo uh for being so gracious in watching uh, his olympic teammate uh, go past him mm. uh on on the all-time wins list uh, so before we let you go uh there was a point in St. Louis a couple of weeks ago when you and Gary were on the road, and I don't know whether it was after the game or it was the night before the game, but you guys went out, and Gary Gary needs uh, needs to be uh, settled in and, and have things uh, set up for the post-game uh, festivities, and you guys walked right past the Hooters 
and and he was saying like should we go in there because he wasn't sure you guys were going to find an establishment that was open uh and eventually it worked out for you what's it like in saint paul and were you guys able to find uh, a, a little place to to get get set up and refueled last night uh, there, there was um, some fuel, but it was a uh, liquid fuel. Um, <laughs> okay, well that's good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in fact, a, a, a spot that apparently had opened just when um, everything started to close last March. We were, as you all know, we were here in last March when everything stopped and didn't play that game against the Wild. And apparently, this place um, called the Pillbox in downtown St. Paul opened right around then, and um, it has been open. In fact, I had uh, dinner there when I landed. Um, geez, what day of the week was it? Sunday night. Uh, they, they kept the kitchen open late enough, but it wasn't quite early enough last night after the game. So uh, you're right, Gary, you had a plan after having a, a beer or two there at the pillbox, great sports bar. They had all the games on and everything afterwards. Uh, we're, we're, we're there and, and Gary ordered a pizza that was delivered to the hotel. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> so, oh yeah. That's, oh, that was, that was the only option. And they were, uh, We had people at the bar giving us recommendations as to which local pizza place would be the right one to order. And uh, and so we had uh, a couple of drinks there, came back to the hotel, and the pizza was there ready and waiting for us. And we enjoyed uh, a few slices together. And, in fact, we're um, we're going to dinner here in just uh, just a few minutes. So look forward to that. And and Tom Reed invited us to go back to his spot after the game tomorrow. So uh, we'll be looking forward to that for sure. So you guys sat in the lobby and had uh, a pizza together last night? We did. We did. <laughs> Lawless, very told, good. Lawless told me that you two are the only two people in the hotel that you guys are staying at. Uh, that's an exaggeration, but it, it is not as bustling <laughs> as it normally would be. Uh, and uh, sadly, you know, there is this restaurant within the hotel, the St. Paul Grill, that is not open right now, right? Uh, which is a shame. And that's where we were when everything stopped uh, last year we were there and getting word what's when all the tournaments and basketball were being canceled that's where we were sitting and was sort of like this is going to be it for a while and uh, we had been looking forward to, to having a bite or a drink there but it didn't quite pan out so uh st paul's great town we're normally not here for more than a day or so so not only did i go over to tom reed's pub today for lunch with tom but there's a, a great sort of italian market got a cannoli and some cookies and a cappuccino over there my, i'm very happy to report that my Local bookstore here, Subtext Books, is still open, still operating. Very happy about that. Haven't been there since last March. So uh, hopeful here for the, the folks in St. Paul that they can continue to, to bounce back. You are a uh, national treasure when it comes to uh, stories <laughs> from the road. I, I, I can tell let's, you that. Let's, uh, let's be honest here, Darren. I mean, come on. The invoice is on its way. <laughs> No, I, I, I think you look at the world so uniquely. I, I love our, our interactions and our conversations. And uh, regarding the St. Paul Grill, uh, even though he's not with you right now, Dave Gosher is devastated that it wasn't open. And he can't even partake. That's how good that place is uh, when it comes to uh, to food and the environment and the fun. And uh, you have uh, been more than gracious with your time in sharing all of the experiences. And uh, have a great call tomorrow night. Hopefully it's a number 490. For Mark Andre Fleury and the Golden Knights can get back on the winning track. I look forward to it uh, with uh, all of our anticipation that we normally have for you and Gary. Well, th- 
<laughs> Thank you so much, guys. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure chatting with you. Uh, be well. There's Dan Duva joining us from St. Paul, Minnesota. A couple of great statues in St. Paul. One, Herb Brooks, uh, out in front of the XL Energy Center, and the other one is over in downtown Minneapolis, Mary Tyler Moore. So uh, two great uh, statues if you're ever uh, in the vicinity. I didn't know Mary Tyler Moore had a statue. Yes, Man. because the Mary Tyler Moore show was based out of mm-hmm. Minneapolis. Yeah, yeah, it was a good show. It was a great a show. Uh, Lou, great Lou, Lou, the uh, the broadcaster in that. Uh, what's the actor's name? Uh, he was it's, in Caddyshack. And is it? He was the guy who played. Uh, was it Ted Knight? Yes. Yes. Yes, Ted Knight. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Ted Knight, uh, the Lou. Uh, so Ted Knight played Lou, the broadcaster on the Mary Tyler Moore Show. That character was the inspiration behind Ron Burgundy in Anchorman. <laughs> as I try and lo- tie these threads together, uh, that's as fantastic. only and that's my little tribute to Dan Duva, as uh, only Dan Duva could uh, could uh, do. Uh, does it much better than I do in in those threads. So uh, let's uh, let's take a break right now, and when we come back, we'll mm-hmm. give our rankings, our ratings uh, for last night's game, and just a couple of uh, observations, and then want to get to the Tom Wilson situation and what's happening across the National Hockey League. Everybody's got an opinion on that, and we'll join PJ Stock and uh, also bring you up to date with the New York Rangers who have gone uh, above and beyond when it comes to uh, adding fuel to the fire and uh, making a statement uh, regarding their opinion on what Tom Wilson did to both Pavel Buchnevich and Artemi Panarin. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Unprecedented statement coming from the New York Rangers in response to Tom Wilson receiving a fine instead of a suspension in the aftermath from an altercation last night at Madison Square Garden with the uh, Washington Capitals storming back, beating the New York Rangers. Rangers uh, are out uh, of playoff contention. Panarin will not play the rest of the year. And Tom Wilson is uh, public enemy number one again in the National Hockey League. Is it deserved? Is it uh, fair uh, what the New York Rangers did? Uh, do you agree with the uh, the New York Rangers, or are you on the Washington Capitals side that uh, that uh, all is fair in love and war, and you're in a kerfuffle and and the scrum and and you you play dirty? Uh, Want to get your opinion on that? Uh, let us know via Twitter at Darren Millard or Ryan the Hockey Guy uh, as we continue on in the VGK Insider Show. PJ Stock coming up in just a little bit. He's been in his fair share of scrums. We'll delve into that in hour number two of the VGK Insider Show. But our rankings, ratings, uh, the terminology you want to use for last night's game in St. Paul as the Golden Knights had a two-goal lead in the third period, end up losing in regulation. There's what really hurts was a regulation loss. Uh, 6-5 against the Minnesota Wild. The lead over the Colorado Avalanche, who posted their own little comeback last night, Ryan Wallace. Uh, It's like they Mm -hmm. saw the score and went, Whoa, we got to get into gear. And uh, they rallied against the San Jose Sharks. So the lead over the Colorado Avalanche is two points. Avalanche have a game in hand. Uh, that is the gap for first place uh, to second place in the West Division. And it's four points uh, between Vegas and the Minnesota Wild for uh, first to third. Uh, but uh, let's get into our rankings from last night. So I'm really, really perplexed when it comes to last night's game because there were a few things I wanted to see from the Golden Knights. Namely, I wanted to see them score a bunch of goals in Minnesota, and they did that. 
without Max Pacioretty down a forward and playing Peyton Krebs in his first career NHL game. So I, I a lot of the things I wanted to see the Golden Knights do, they did. It's just unfortunate that this was kind of one of those games where the puck didn't stay out of the net. For me, it's a finger paint. It's right in the middle. And and it was trending toward wine and paint. It really, really was. If you take out the final two minutes of the game, that's where I would have landed. But right now, for me, it's just kind of right in the middle because for everything you did well, it's still another loss to Minnesota, and it's another one of those one of those games that furthers um, that that uh, that frustration that you felt against this team all season long. That explanation right there is why we do this every day, and we evaluate every game based on our uh, VGK Insider Show uh, patent pending uh, response uh, to uh, the first one to five rankings uh, using our art method. Uh, Chapman, uh, where are you on this? Well, I kind of fall in the in the same area as Ryan. I I, I also believe it's a finger paint because for 58 minutes the Golden Knights looked like they were going to exercise a lot of the demons that they've had at the XL Energy Center. Unfortunately, hockey is a 60-minute game. You saw a lot of good, though. The power play scored a goal, right? Alec Martinez, a beautiful power play goal. Peyton Krebs makes his debut, has an assist in his debut. Alex Tuck scores his 18th goal in the season, getting close to 20. Marcheseau continues his hot streak since missing that game. It's just those final two minutes, and it was trending towards a wine and paint. But for whatever reason... Those last few minutes of the game, the Golden Knights were outplayed by the Minnesota Wild, and the Wild took advantage of of some fortunate bounces, I think. I mean, I don't know if the bounces would have gone their way, right, or if they went the Wild's way is what I'm saying. So, I mean. So where are you? I'm, I'm, at, I'm, I'm at finger paint. I'm right in the middle because there was a lot of good, but there were also those last two minutes, and you can't ignore that. Sometimes I just want you to paint. I don't want you to talk. I just want you to paint. You don't. You definitely don't want me to paint. <laughs> um, I'm going inkblot. Uh, it's how yeah. you look at it. And they, they scored the bunch of goals. And I love that they scored the goals. But the reason I go inkblot is not not the 26 seconds and not losing the game 6-5, but because it was in Minnesota and it was against the Wild. And that just tips it uh, back to, oh, not that again. Uh, when yeah. I moved here, and I heard all the talk about how the Golden Knights struggle against the Minnesota Wild. I went, "What? Huh? That same that team?" Because I'd never, I'd never been aware of that. I know they've they've been a good team, they've been a good franchise, yeah. but I've never heard this. They, we, nobody can beat them, uh, type of thing. And it's taken me two years where I'm like, "What? That? Oh yeah, they 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 have the number uh, uh, of our team." And you were that close to righting the wrong and uh, opportunity to to sweep them if if you hold on. And that's where where I go ink plot. It it wasn't just the six five loss. It wasn't just the twenty six seconds. It was who and where uh, for me that turns that into an ink plot. Even though I am fully on board with the beautiful uh, progress that the five goals produces. You know, for me, last night's game, the fact that it didn't go the Golden Knights way, the fact that they were unable to hold on, but the way in which they played before that, yeah. to me, it feels like one of those games where 
you have that game right before the dam breaks, right? Like you have not been able to break through against this team. You have not been able to find your footing against the Minnesota wild. You have a game like that where you play well enough to win. There's a couple of bounces that that don't go your way. You don't get a save. And then you're right back into that, that, that headspace against this club. I, I am telling you right now, my early thoughts, my early feelings on tomorrow's game is that the Golden Knights are going to play just as well as they did on Monday, and I think that this is kind of that game that that turns the tides for Vegas against Minnesota. Ryan, I'm looking forward to tomorrow night more after the loss than I would have been had they been able to hold on and win. Uh, Yeah, I agree. And and that's not just uh, wondering what's going to happen. I'm excited to see what's going to happen because I'll use my incredible Hulk theory where you're not going to like me when I'm angry. And I think that that, that's what the Minnesota Wild are looking at the the Vegas Golden Knights and Mark Stone saying, you're not going to like me when I'm angry. I'll go go, uh, a step further in in the Mark Stone reference. At the end Mm -hmm. of his media availability last night, he said something to the effect of, uh, we don't have Revo out there, Ryan Reeves, and they're they're taking extra liberties and doing a lot of chirping and so forth. The the kerfuffles in that game, the scrums in that game, uh, yeah. got under the skin uh, of, of the Golden Knights. Like, what are you guys doing over there? Uh, and and I think that there's going to be some pushback physically, but I think there's going to be a lot of pushback emotionally and on the execution side uh, tomorrow night. I I wish to heck that the game was tonight. And and that's saying that we wouldn't be on the air because uh, you would be doing yeah. the pregame show and we'd be we'd be uh, 14 minutes away from from the game. I am so it's one of the most anticipated games of the year from a real exciting uh perspective for tomorrow night. Yeah, I think the response tomorrow is huge for for Vegas and I, I tend to agree with you in in terms of how I think they're going to approach that game. You look at one at the one on Monday as one that got away, one that pisses you off that you lost, right? Like that's that that's how I think the Golden Knights left the the rink last night, just angry and frustrated and pissed off that they didn't win that game, a game in which they played so well. So I think they come to the rink tomorrow looking to prove a lot that, A, they can beat the Minnesota Wild, B, they can do it in the same way by scoring a bunch of goals and relying on their talent. And I also think that when when you hear Mark Stone talk about being about chirping and liberties, this is a captain that is not afraid to be physically engaged. He's not afraid to drop the gloves if needed. I think you're going to get the most emotional emotional and expressive Mark Stone you're, you're going to get all season in the game on Wednesday. Chapman, what are you expecting? I'm not really sure what to expect because I, I get that the Mark, you know, Mark Stone That's was fair. angry, yeah. you know, and, and, and the team was angry. Here's the problem. They've had reason to be angry at Minnesota for a long time. No, not like this, though. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, th- th- this is a team. Well, that, they've never been division rivals. You've never been battling. No, for a no, but but this before. is a team that for the four cool. seasons the Golden Knights have existed, they have had their number. Yeah, they have Hold had. Hold on, Chapman. Yes, Chapman. Real quick, what have the Golden Knights done to the San Jose Sharks since not a major? Well, but the 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 the, the difference is San Jose was in a complete downturn after that 
They lost their captain. I, I, it right, doesn't, right. They, it doesn't they matter. Lost Joe what have they done? They, what have they stunk. done to that team? They've stunk. They've they've owned them. Pete DeBoer they hasn't lost to them since. Them. Yes, I I agree. But that's a that's a that's a completely different moment. That's that's a that's a playoff series. That's a game seven. It's it's not the same type of situation. I and me and you we we kind of had a little discussion about it last night. I don't yeah I, from from. Yeah. From a purely fan perspective, I do not want to see this team in the playoffs. Mm. I, 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 think I, t- I think the playoffs are, are different. I, they, the San Jose example is, is, is they could is be, well-made. but but yeah. you know you, you've you've lost the season series to this team. If you lose tomorrow night, you've lost six of eight to them, and what, six. What straight. have you lost though in the season series? You, like you've, you've lost you've games, lost but, the season series. But Minnesota has beaten them a lot Chris. of different ways. Have, has has Minnesota ever beaten them in the playoffs? Well, they've never no, played. They haven't. I, okay. I yes, right. That's the point. Like, I don't think that you can look at the regular season and just say with absolute certainty, yep, yeah, no, they they can't beat Minnesota in the playoffs. No, like, but I, I'm so a, tired. I'm so tired of that argument. But there's you don't want to give your opponent uh, confidence where they don't need it. And that's I, I agree. I agree there. But I, I don't understand the the idea of if the if the Golden Knights couldn't hold on to a win last night, they have no chance against Minnesota. That I don't well, understand. No, nobody it said they, feel, they you feel good. That's all. Nobody's saying they don't have a chance. I'm just saying that I think Minnesota is going to be an extremely tough beat in a seven game series. Here's the weird part. Minnesota struggles against Colorado and has been lit up. Uh, so it's 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 like this weird uh, triangle that we have. Uh, Vegas struggles against Minnesota. Minnesota struggles against Colorado. Colorado has uh, lost more games than they've won against Vegas. But it, can you revert? Like it's uh, it's strange. The only other uh, issue that I had last night was I put out a tweet that just said a little bit of everything tonight: goals, physical, greasy, saves, uh, debut by a first rounder. It's been fun hockey and Ed Graney after the result. Because my tweet was before the 26 seconds, Ed Graney said everything but momentum, brother. Uh, he and I just disagree on momentum, <laughs> and it just gave. And, and I couldn't even go back at him on anything because he was right. Like I believe in momentum, he doesn't. And, and poor David, me. poor David Shane. People were all over him because he sent out a oh, tweet. Come too. on, <laughs> but, but David, that's David not was real. Right. It's not real. <laughs> but David was right. It's like, not their real. Third period, their third period was good, and and, uh, and then people thought he jinxed them. Uh, we're going to take a break uh, and uh, just wrap up hour number one. And when we continue, PJ Stock chatting about what happened last night between the Rangers and Washington Capitals and Tom Wilson putting himself right in the uh, crosshairs again. And then the subsequent reaction by the New York Rangers today putting out a statement that called for the uh, the job. In uh, Well, I don't even have to read into it. Uh, they, they called for George Peros, head of player safety uh, department's uh, job. It's uh, a wild day of the National Hockey League as we continue on the BGK Insider Show in Fox Sports Las Vegas. Smith left circle, rink wide right, Martinez scores! Alec Martinez puts Vegas in the lead. Power play goal, his third power play goal of the year. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. You're a hockey fan. You've heard about the Tom Wilson situation last night at Madison Square Garden against the New York Rangers involved in a scrum 
with two different players, and there was no suspension today, and the New York Rangers, disappointed, have gone the, uh, the nuclear route with a statement that calls uh, for the job of the uh, player safety department and the head of that department in George Paris. We'll get into that. Uh, I thought we were just going to talk about whether or not there should have been a suspension, but now we've got the Rangers uh, side of it. That's coming up in hour number two of the VGK Insider Show. Uh, but before we uh, tee that one up uh, and uh, let you look forward to what's going to come up with PJ Stock, uh, check out Twitter. Ryan the Hockey Guy just put out a tweet, Ryan, and you called out Chris Chapman large i know that i've well, been accused of uh of uh being hard on chris chapman you just mm-hmm. rolled over him with the combine the 18 wheeler and the uh the old uh asphalt uh smoother well okay um in fairness here's how it all went down darren millard the the master string puller over here <laughs> was like i don't think he hey, had to pull did- too hard <laughs> Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Like I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm not going to be completely blameless in this, but I am going to try to deflect some of it. Listen, here's the thing. Uh, everyone asked me in the break, like, where did where did that come from? I'm like, well, Chapman texted me yesterday after the game, and I mean, like, as soon as I signed off, <laughs> as soon as I signed off on the extended post game show, I get a text from Chapman that essentially says they're not beating this team in a series. I reply. Exactly what it said. Calmly, yeah, they are. And then Chapman replies, I don't think so. So <laughs> I I'm I'm and, and it, it would be it would be like it'd be one thing if it was just Chapman sending that to me, because I could I could just kind of like ignore that. But then you you factor in the the post game show, you factor in uh the the beautiful calls that we got last night, some of them kind of along the same lines of Chapman where the question of whether or not Vegas can beat Minnesota in a playoff series uh, continues to be a, a trend, and I get it because of the regular season, but I don't think the regular season means or or that that there's no shot that there's that it's just a a foregone conclusion that Minnesota will roll over Vegas. So I I sh- shared the the picture uh, of the text thread with Darren Millard, and Millard's like, yeah, you got to tweet that. And I'm like, ah, uh, no. He's like, yeah, you got to tweet that. I'm like, ah, okay. You you twisted my arm. So. Yeah. It's only out in the world because Darren made me do it. Well, it's, it's your best tweet ever. At, at the end of the oh, day, it's close. If they beat this team in the playoffs, then uh-huh. everyone, everyone, everyone can come at me. I'm fine with that. That's that's totally fine. By the well, way, they're coming at you. Stephanie, anyway. maybe the yeah. best response so far. The yeah. fact that can I just say that his name being listed as Christopher makes this feel like he's in trouble with mom well, and dad. The and the yeah. other part is your goofy little grin of yeah. a picture. <laughs> In my uh, kimono. Just just so everyone's aware, that is what pops up every time Chapman messages me or calls me like that. And I don't know how to get rid of it. I don't know how to change it. It's ridiculous. It's beautiful. Uh, Check it out, Ryan the Hockey Guy, on Twitter. We'll take a break. We'll come back with hour number two and the story of the day, the controversy regarding the New York Rangers and the Washington Capitals, and it goes layers deep. We're talking about the great taco dip. We're going seven layers deep on this thing. Uh, This is Fox Sports Las Vegas.